0: Whoever is listening, welcome to episode 49 of the Man with the Plan podcast. In this episode, we have a fantastic guest. Niles Pickney is a former Clemson Tiger and current Minnesota Golden Gopher starter for the defensive line. He is a great guy, hell of a dude, and an even better football player. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this interview. In some spots, it's going to be a little bit of a spotty connection, but the content is worth it. He gives great, concise answers. Really excited for this. Really been in the works for a long time. Super stoked, super pumped. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Niles Pickney. Whoever is listening, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with a Plan podcast, episode 49. Guys, today I am not alone. I am joined by a special guest, Niles Pickney. He is not only a great guy who was, we are so honored to have you on, by the way. He is also a dominant football player. He was a team captain for the Clemson Tigers in 2020. He was a third-team All-ACC selection Part of a historic senior class going 27-0 and at home. Just an unbelievable run now. Looks to turn the tide at Minnesota, a program that is here to stay. Niles, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, I appreciate you having me, and um, I'm really happy that you
0: me to be on here, and I feel it's a great honor. So I just want to start right – I want to get right into it. I want to talk about your high school recruitment, Your how dominant you were. Just take me through that recruitment process. What made Clemson stand out? And for just people who are maybe in that process right now, what is some advice you could give to them?
1: Um, I think for me, like high school was a good time. I enjoyed playing for my brothers. And I think that's what really motivated me to play as well as I did at that point in time, just playing with them, trying to win the state championship. That's something you can never get back. We never were able to do it, but it made us close to doing that. Um, the whole recruitment process for college, it was very hectic and crazy. Schools call you all the time, send you letters, uh, coaches call you, text you, DM you. It's a very hectic time, and I feel like it's just something you gotta, They got to remember that you're still a kid. you are got to have fun and certain things like that. So that, for me, was very hard uh, trying to understand that I, this is still a business, and I still got to be able to be a kid but also remember that I got schools looking at me. But it was very hectic. Um, ultimately, Clemson was big for me because they offered me when I was a freshman in high school. So, like, that meant a lot to me because, like, they're my first offer. They saw me before like, and believed in me before anybody else really did. So I feel like that stuck with me. It stuck for a while. Then I really loved it when I visited the school and uh, took the time to uh, talk to Coach Elliott, Coach Swinney at the time. My uh, position coach was Dan Brooks. He's uh, retired now. But um, those guys like that, just time to t- spend time looking at the see the fans coming to a few games. I just realized that atmosphere is unmatched for a lot of uh, like, and it's just hard to find something like that. So I feel like that's really one of the reasons that Clemson just drew me in.
0: So I really want to talk about coach Venables. He, uh, if you're watching the ESPN broadcast, you can see he's bringing the energy. He's out there. He gives 110%. What was it like to work with him on a day-to-day basis? Did you feel that energy as you were going out, like look for calls and you see him on the sideline? Just take me through what that's like. I asked Chad Smith about it earlier. He was, saying that he matches it. It's insane. So I would love to hear different perspectives. Tell me what you thought about it.
1: Um, so first coming in as a freshman, watching coach uh V coach, it was kind of like weird at first, not even weird, just felt like he was he was over the top. And, but then as I got older, I realized that he, uh, everything he does is for a reason. He wants us to, as players, to exhaust ourselves when we're out there. He wants the best from us. He doesn't want anything, but he wants us to shoot for perfection. He doesn't want us to be lackadaisical as our preparation. He just wants you to bring great energy to practice. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have those things, you won't, you won't be a good player. And I feel like that's really all he demanded each and every day, just you to exhaust everything you had. And that's kind of where he uh, comes from Coach Sweeney. Coach Sweeney wants us to exhaust every day. Thing, everything we have, and then he wants us to then doing look uh, down to Coach Venable's. And he's able just to put that on us, and that energy just flows throughout defensively. I feel like he's a, uh, honestly. I feel like people say say it, but I feel like he's a defensive mastermind. Just the way he thinks and just talks stuff like that. And, then like, it kind of gets towards players because when you get to – certain, we, we, like, we catch ourselves talking about actual football games and the manner he does and being all into it, even though we probably not don't know there's other team schemes or anything like that. It's just how he's gotten into it. So, I feel like that's one thing that he can bring. He, but his way of getting it across may look scary and intimidating, but it really helps a lot of players. When we realize that he just wants the best from us.
0: Yeah. What would you say is, like, something that, like, for the rest of your life, you will take away from what he taught you as a coach at your time at Clemson?
1: Um, I think just like I said before, multiple times, exhaust yourself. I feel like, and I feel also you gotta bring the energy, cause sometimes he would you have to bring the energy when none of us had it. Sometimes maybe it was like one of those long, hard practices. He still give everything out, in out, and straight sweat stuff like that. He will be dressed as sweat, like he practiced himself. So like to me, that stuff me is just like. You gotta love what you do and exhaust everything you have. And, and the yes, he, he knows he's in a very hard, struck, powerful role as a defensive coordinator. But also, he knows he has to exhaust everything for us because he, he's at the end of the day he's giving us the play call, But we're on the field. He shows us that he's gonna give everything he had, and that's what I want to do: is give everything I have whatever I do.
0: And talking about giving everything you had, this senior class you were a part of at Clemson truly gave everything they had. Undefeated at home, national champions in 2018. Did y'all envision that type of success when it was starting out, or? something over time that y'all are thinking, man, this could be really special. Take me through what that senior class was like.
1: Um, That senior class that we had that 2018 year was like that whole year we felt something different about the team. We felt like we had a very – season team, I felt like we had uh, like great players in every position, especially under that year, D-line-wise. Everybody talks about the Power Rangers, Christian, Clee, Dex, Austin, like those guys, they really uh, led the stride on that because at the end of the day, they were pushing everybody the same, offensively or defensively. They wanted everybody to push their best and just made it contagious. Everybody on the team started to believe that we could be a really good team. That we who says we can't go undefeated and if, uh, if be the first on the team in the college football era. And we just felt like that was something we wanted to accomplish. Coach Sweeney talked about it in the meetings all year. He said he felt like there was something special with this team, there's something special we can do. We didn't know what it is exactly, but we just kept pushing every day. And um, it just kind of – it was just every day came into work. Everybody had a locked-in focus. We barely played like we – everything was straight business, but at the same time we had fun. And I feel like that's one thing that was big that year. We just had fun as a team. Also, we knew we were handling business. So I think that was like one of the most memorable memorable things for me.
0: So you could argue that Clemson produces, on the, especially on the defensive side, the best of the best. What do you think makes what makes Clemson defense, especially on the line, so special? You were a part of it. You mentioned the Power Rangers. What goes into that process that makes Clemson just different and stands out from everyone else?
1: Um, you see as a D-line, um, even before the Power Rangers, you had guys before like Vic Beasley, Grady Jarrett, Deshaun Williams, uh, Kevin Dodge, Shaq Lawson, guys like that that came through. And it's just it's something that you just, it's been going on for a while, but it's just starting to get more immediate the spotlight now. We had, like, when we start, we started, as time grew on, people started to realize Clemson had some real talent at the D-line. And I feel like that's what a lot of young guys like myself see. Even before Christian, I knew who Christian and were. I remember watching players like Grady, probably, like, people used to compare us in stature and stuff like that. And it kind of stuck to me as, like, I could see myself playing here. And I was just, like, I want to be one of those Clemson greats and certain things like that. So I feel like that's one of the things that really you, myself, but also do other recruits.
0: So we're going to talk about that 2018 2018 season a little bit more. During the season, as y'all were progressing, y'all had Trevor Lawrence come in. You had on all sides of the ball, it was just pure dominance. Was there a certain point in the season where you felt like nobody's going to be able to stop us, not even any of the other playoff teams, Oklahoma, Alabama, Notre Dame? Did you guys expect that when you were going into that postseason, or was it something that just – Came along as y'all were dominating, that you guys weren't going to be stopped at all. Um, we kind of wasn't thinking about dominating
1: other teams. At the end of the day, um, all season we talked about all coach when he preaches to us about is it's Clemson versus Clemson. Like we had to, we have to play ourselves each and every day, and that's something you realize is like true. Some teams beat themselves. Most games are. Um, I have a saying that I actually took from Coach Flake. Most games are lost, not won. So that's pretty much when you beat yourself, you're losing yourself the game. You're taking away the opportunity, opportunity, and chance you have to be successful and get the results you want in the game. So I feel like uh, here, even like I'm like just hearing that from Coach Flip here, but that method kind of made me think about like, that season, that 2018 season. We were very good, but we were humble enough to each game to know that any team can beat us. And we knew that we could beat any – but confident enough to know we could beat any team. So that was really one thing that really stuck. Like I felt the whole season, like we do, we had, we had to beat ourselves regardless. We never wanted to play down to our competition or feel like we were playing up. We just had a standard that was best. And then each, every day we had to
0: raise that standard. So in that national championship game, I want you to take me through what that's like, because not many people can say that you not only played in a national championship, you won one. It's just an unreal feeling, an unbelievable experience. And you also made one of the statement plays, taking down Matt Jones in that fake field goal which is kind of weird to say now that Mac Jones is a starting quarterback for the Patriots, it's just a yeah. weird domino effect. How did that play emerge? How did you feel about making one of the big plays that really sealed that victory for Clemson? Because on that next drive, Justin Ross gets the big touchdown, and the game is pretty much over from there. Take me through that game and just what it was like to be able to dominate a team that everyone was saying all season was unstoppable. I bet, I bet that must have been pretty good. Um. So the first thing, like,
1: all, oh, we talk about every week about play – be ready for fakes, it being a field goal safe and being ready just to be like ready just in case to run a fake, certain things like that. But then my opportunity leading up to it felt like a blur. Cause I remember this is when Dexter was out. We had the rotation was like, we had a rotation, me, Albert Huggins, Christian Williams and Jordan Williams playing the game. And uh, we just kept rotating through. And it was one opportunity if something happened that Albert came out and coach put me in. And something about that moment just felt different. Like I just knew it was coming. So I told myself right before the play goes off, get off the ball as hard as you can on this double team, and like try to block it just in case. But then I realized it was run, and I so I just got used the best like oh we worked on that week and know the run was going, that Coach Bates had coached us up on. It I was in there in the right position, so that was a big play, especially um for me being a younger guy. Well, not as young, but being behind these guys playing the national championship because I registered the first one, so I kind of missed the opportunity, but it really was like a, one of those plays that I always remember. And like, I, and then it, like it was a momentum shift for us because then, like you said, the tough Justin Ross touchdown was very big and it kind of put the game in a good position for us. And I feel like they, we just made a few more plays that game um, against Alabama, like, like winning in that kind of fashion. is just something that's there. We don't hear as happening in the Cont- national championship, especially Alabama for like in the next semi Nick Saban era. So it was one of those wins that we were just happy about. And um, we, like we still respect I like had the respect for Alabama. We played a really well game, got game, really good game, and I feel like it just uh, worked out for us, and it was just the result we had. we were so happy for, especially in that fashion.
0: Yeah, so I want to go to the, the end of the game, the confetti's fallen. What is your first thought is? like is it immediately hit you like I'm a national champion or is it like something that you had to really process over time? because not like you said it's such a big win, especially against Alabama. Is it something like someone was like, hey, you just won the national championship, and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, just like take me through that moment and that confetti fall and that, that post game just experience. Um, It's a surreal feeling, honestly.
1: Um, just sitting there watching the confetti fall and watching the state national championship on the um, board because it's like it shows your team and everything like that. You know, all the work you put into all season. And so for you, you to end the season, national championship, feeling that confetti on you everybody happy and celebrated, it's kind of like, it's like a point of relief. It's like, we did it, all this work we put through and went through and put up with for weeks, before. after the season ends, like going from January, from there, that time, winter workouts, spring ball, mat drills, summer workouts, fall camp, it's a really grueling um, process for like, tw- you only get promised 12 games a year, honestly, and then get those three extra games, the uh, conference change championship play a game in the national championship all, and I feel like that's just it kind of hit me at first and then as the time went on coming back home from um, uh, California we realized we were still trying to see the fans be there and then we had a parade coming up it's just a great feeling great feeling
0: so let's talk about 2020 a season that is going to be defined by COVID-19 lots of change and just all around everyone was having to do something different like we have to have protocols we have to have testing we have to have all this stuff you emerged as a leader you emerged as a team captain for that team how did it feel to be one of the guys that everybody wanted to lean on in such an unforgettable season um
1: just because it's an honor knowing we've been going through that season guys getting hurt guys testing positive for COVID missing games like just living in a different um way that we have in the before and just in like living in a pandemic honestly is just new to everybody nobody knows how to handle that so seeing that my teammates trusted me and voted on me as a captain was a big honor especially in a year like that where he, like you have so much going on they still like they can still lean on me and trust me And it was a great honor and i really appreciate that That's something i'll never forget because not many guys get the opportunity to be a captain especially seeing the guys that came before me that were captain christian wilkins he was a two-time captain and like it's hard to be one but seeing how you two is real it's a real honor and just seeing guys like that so I feel like that was really special to me, you know, just being the captain, having that C on your jersey, especially like you get picked as captives throughout the season, but when you get to that bowl game, you be able to get a C on your jersey. That's really special.
0: It's, it's an unbelievable feeling, man. I want to talk about now your transfer to Minnesota. In 2019, they really impressed everybody, blew everyone away. Coach Fleck, they're here to stay, in my opinion, and I think yours too. What led to that decision? What It's like another – form of a recruiting process tell me how that is with the transfer portal especially something that's gotten a little more momentum as college football has evolved
1: um so me at first I wasn't planning on entering the transfer portal um I was had going back and forth about my decisions for the um my careers if I wanted to leave or just go to another school or stay at Clemson another year so it's something I prayed about that I talked to my parents and then one day I just said you know what let me enter the portal and see what's out there for me so I entered the portal a few, co- a few schools called me um, but that night, defensive line coach Chad Wilk called me. Um, it was like my first day in the post He called me a little bit later. Minnesota was an hour behind. He got out of the meetings and he called me. He was like, um, I know it's late. He was just like, I want to talk to you. He just said, I want to let you know Minnesota is interested in you. And I remember Minnesota being Penn State and just talking to coach. But then he called me and made sure, like, he let me know that he really liked me as a player and wanted me. So as days going on, I'm still going through the whole process, talking to different schools. Minnesota just always stuck with me like that. The logo, Coach Flex wins and certain things like that. And the culture they brought, you know, I'm just stuck with me, just talking to Coach Wilt. So then they actually said, like, and then Coach uh, Wilt, my position coach, made it a point that I was going to talk to Coach Flex. And so he could talk to me about the culture and just tell me about everything he's about as a coach. And I was like, okay. So I talked to Coach Flex. He stuck out for me. Um, I love his culture. He's teaching here, the, um, his program, and how, like, what the, like, I just love the direction we're going in, and I feel like we can add to it this season. We had a rough start, first game of season, play Ohio State, but his first game of season, we'll just grow from it and um, get better each and every day, and then hopefully um, it just works out for us if we just exhaust everything we have.
0: Yeah, so I want to actually talk to you about Coach Flat. What is something that he does that really flies under the radar with the media? I feel like he's got a lot of respect. He's really gained a lot of momentum in the last couple of years, but what is something that, Nobody's really talking
1: about um I just think nobody's really talking about everything this um brother boat culture means, uh, especially what it means to him. I know he's talked about it before, but everything it means to him and how much it just affects it really relates to his players and everything they go through in life uh, especially like I- Feel like it just apply everything, his culture applies to life. Honestly, I feel like we're not talking about that enough. And then he came out with a book called Road the Boat. And I feel like um this is something that everybody should take a read and realize that he like everything he stands for. He's not just a football coach, he's a great man and a great teacher of just life and everything and how you should live your life and how you should want to be. And um how you can just uh, maximize every opportunity you have.
0: Yeah, man. So what are your expectations for the Golden Gophers in 2021 and personally for yourself? I believe that it's a team that's going to be nasty. They're going to compete. They're going to play a complete football game. They're going to be tough to stop for anybody. Tell me, do you agree? What are your thoughts? Um, I feel like the goals for our team is just to get better each every week.
1: Um, we play, we play in each other, playing ourselves, Minnesota versus Minnesota every week. We play to a standard that we have. And I feel like our goals is welcome to come from, uh, come to, Like we just continue that mindset. You know, everybody wants to win a conference championship. Everybody wants to win a natty, and that's not everybody's trajectory. And because you just having wide eyes, but you need to have a pinpoint um, mindset, a small mindset, focus on one week at a time, and that's what we're doing. So we're just we're doing what we need to do one week at a time. And um, everybody has that has goals, but I feel like I will just get one percent better, change our best, get better each and every week. And if that if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as a leader and a, a teammate. Um, my end, um, the team goals come before mine, so just watch their team goals get accomplished. and ultimately, I feel like my goals would be accomplished as well. But they always come first, and I feel like that's just one big thing that I just think about this season with our team. We have a chance to make do a lot of things Minnesota hasn't done in a while, and um, this could be the best team we've had in a while.
0: That's true. I really am excited for you guys. It's been a team that has been on my list to be able to watch. If they're on, I really want to see what their team, what this team is capable of, and. It's going to be even more fun watching you, man, ball out. Yeah. So after this year in Minnesota, what do you have, like, what's on your mind? What do you think is the next step for Niles Pickney?
1: Um, of course, my eligibility is up after the season, so I'll i be getting prepared for the NFL. God willing, I get the opportunity to um, do that. It's been a dream since I've been a kid. So that's just me. Like, right now, that's one of the things I, um, I know for sure after the season I'll be doing. God willing, I just uh, pray he gets me there to give me the opportunity to um, play in the NFL.
0: Yeah, man. So before we wrap up this interview, we're going to do a couple like rapid fire, just a couple fun questions before we wrap this up. I just want to start, you have a personal game that like, it might not be like the best performance, but what was your personal favorite game to be a part of?
1: Um, My personal favorite game I would be a part of would definitely have to be maybe the 2018 national championship. Also, I was my redshirt year, the year Lamar Jackson started to come on the scene against the Burst Deshaun. That was a big year for me. I didn't play. I watched it that was one of the best games I've ever seen and been a part of, just because, like, this, it was Lamar versus Deshaun before they were NFL players. Like, we were watching the rise of Lamar. Like, he coming on the scene, hurling guys, getting in magazines. They thought, this is his Heisman year. So, like, before we knew it, it was his Heisman year. So, just watching that game and being that game, probably one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of.
0: So, I had it on, like, the, your little rushing touchdown against Georgia Tech. Is that your favorite play of all time, or is there something else that you have uh, in your mind? Um, that means a lot, especially
1: being like so Like, in Coach Winnie has a habit of getting like his big guys touchdowns. So that mean that means a lot to me individually, as a player, just getting the touchdown. Not many defensive tackles can say they have a touchdown, especially a rushing touchdown. So I think that's just something too big for me that I always remember and I have pictures of people talking, remember people talking about it, and um, that's one thing I always stick for me. But ultimately, a game that will always remember is that uh, twenty sixteen game, Deshaun versus Lamar.
0: Yeah. So, does that – I want to talk about that rushing touchdown, the jumbo package. Is that something that you all go over in practice, or is it something that, like, you have so like Coach Sweeney come up to you and say, hey, we're going to put you in a fullback and you're going to score here, all right? And you're just like, oh, all right. How does that go? How does that work?
1: So, so with that, like, we always have a jumbo package. Coach Sweeney just knows he's notorious for having the defensive line, jumbo package, offensive line, and that one year with John Simpson. But he's, oh, he just likes to have his big guys on heavy packages sometimes, the, more, the athletic big guys he has put him on a jumbo package, let him run in, or um, block could be a fullback running back. So it's something he always has in the in the, his back pocket. I mean, it's something fun to have, especially if, like for older guys that want to get a rushing touchdown, something like that. So I think that's just one of the big things that we enjoy.
0: That's something that I think separates Clemson from a lot of the other teams is that, like, just that jumbo package, just fun. Like, it doesn't have to be a thing, but, like, he just does it, and that's just what yeah. it's so great about it. Do you have a story or a personal, like a teammate or a funny story that you want to share? Because I shared Chad Smith had a couple of funny stories, and I just wanted to see what you thought. Um, I have. There's a bunch of funny stories I
1: have. Um, I remember Tyler. Um, actually, Tyler Davis. One of our funny stories is like when we first go out to the lake. He's from Florida. He loved being on the water and stuff. And I know people laugh about it. He's always known for seeing the jet ski, but people don't understand our bet. He really was looking for a jet ski. Like he wanted that bad. Like for him to finally get the opportunity to get that jet ski he made his whole trip to Lake Kiwi during camp. And that's one of the things like he's notorious for now is everybody wants to talk about his jet ski in the, um, <laughs> video. So I think that was another thing. Also, the, even the Drake music video we did last season, that was something nice to do, especially like kind of lighting everybody's mood with COVID going on. And then it just kind of started
0: its own thing.
1: And now Clemson, all Clemson does is, like, have little media deals, come out, do different stuff like right that, and I feel like fans really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, that one was pretty creative, too. There's a lot of uh, – especially when that was trend, I was like, oh, my gosh, Clemson did something about this. This is so cool. Yeah. So, was there a superstition or, like, a saying that a teammate might have had that, like, really just every time you heard it, you were like, dude, you're ridiculous? Um – I'm not, I'm not anything
1: ridiculous, because I feel like everybody has that one little uh, tradition. They do a superstitious thing they do. Yeah. Like, I'm not a very superstitious guy, but it's like I always know I make sure I do the same process, warm up. I like to do the same thing. But ultimately, I don't think anybody do anything weird. I know Dexter Lawrence, he had this thing where he had to have, like, a scoop of honey before a game. Like, he really? had to just have a scoop of, like, yeah, a scoop of, like, honey from, like, a bottle or something like that. He would just take one spoonful and, like, he would just eat that. And that, would just, that was just what he did before every game.
0: It's like the skittles with Marshawn lynch
1: yeah it's just kind of like <laughs> it's some kind of something he did and I, I guess it's like at first i was
0: weird but i realized
1: this is what he does
0: yeah just whatever whatever works man like just to get you in yeah. the groove of the game was there I, i'm going to do ask like two different versions of this question was there a team that on the schedule when the schedules posted you absolutely dreaded and was there a team that you just couldn't wait to play for or play against um so there
1: was never like any team that we dreaded, but there was also those games where you just were like, this week we have to be on top of it. But I think back in the um, Georgia Tech triple option era, those, that they were definitely one of those teams that's where you prepare for, you kind of like, wow, it's one of those weeks again where you gonna have to be in practice watching out for cut blocks. You have to be really efficient and exactly what you do because they, they were very efficient with the triple option, one of the most efficient teams there was in triple option. And um, it was just one of those games. It was just like yeah, each week you came into, it was like watching these, your knees, especially at D-linemen. But um, also a team we always waited for is got to be our in-state rival, South Carolina. Every oh, year. yeah. So, yes, 2020, when we didn't get to play them because of COVID and certain things, it was hard because it was weird. Like, we used to play in South Carolina as one of those games, so... I think for us, it was just one of those games you always look forward to every year. Like that's one game.
0: If you didn't play any other games this season, that's one game you wanted to play. Oh, yeah. So I feel like
1: that, that for us, that that's definitely one of those games.
0: It's for it's South Carolina fans too. It's like their national championship. They're uh, jumping on the bit whenever Clemson has shows a little bit of struggle. They get on that.
1: Oh yeah, especially when Clemson loses or anything. They want us like they wanted Clemson lose so bad. And but it's just one of those things. It's kind of like if you're not surprised, if you're a rival. They don't want to see you succeed.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. What was your best location that you ever traveled to? This is probably the last question where we wrap up. Did you have a, like, especially with Clemson, so many playoff games, so many different stadiums. Was there one that just blew your mind? Like, does Jerry World come to mind? San Francisco?
1: Um, for me, it definitely is in the bowl game in Dallas. Uh, Jerry World, uh, like people like to call it. The practice facility is beautiful. Stadium is beautiful. Their whole facility is beautiful. I remember they gave us a tour there. We practiced there. And I was just like, this is like, this is what like this is what the hype is about. This is beautiful. And I remember that's always stuck with me. And I was like, whenever people ask me, I always say the best ball game is Cotton Bowl and that's because it's Dallas. And you go to J World, you get to see everything. And you see everything up and close and personal. It was, it was always
0: oh, crazy. It was, I remember being at that game too, and it was just like the jumbotron, the big blimp. It was just, yeah. I was in awe. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Well, all right, that'll conclude our interview today. Niles, do you have anything you want to say before we take off?
1: Um, I just want to say I appreciate it. And um, I know this might be a heavy Clemson in our podcast, but I say make sure you tune into the Minnesota Gophers. Yes, sir. So uh, we play this
0: week at 11 a.m. Central, so just tune in. Of course, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. And, guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast interview with Niles Pickney, a fantastic interview and a great guy. As always, have a fantastic week and take care.